You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvicecoaching.com. On today's episode, we're talking about some of those non-sexual moves that really turn a girl on, the ones that are not very specific to the bedroom, which I think is really good to learn. Well, not I think, I know. It's good to learn how do we get her prepped and ready and how do we get to the point where we're building enough tension that she wants to jump your bones. And that's kind of what attraction is if you really think about it. Attraction in general, especially with women, is like that dial where you slowly ramp it up to the point where she is really turned on and wants to be with you. Now, she has probably made the decision before you guys are in the bedroom that she wants to sleep with you, but you have to understand that even though she's made that decision, that decision could also go away at any time. So she can turn it on and turn it off. I know that that's a little bit harder for men Because once we've made the decision, which is usually pretty fast, a lot has to go wrong for us to not follow through with that decision, right? If we like a girl, if we think she's cute and there's no red flags, and let's be honest, sometimes we we don't let our logic speak and uh, we make bad decisions and we go for it when we shouldn't. Maybe there's some red flags there and you, you still make the move. And that's the thing. That's the difference between men and women. So I want to teach you these non-sexual moves to turn her on. So you're doing these things way before you guys are even remotely close to having sex. And I think that's the whole point here is building it up, building it up. You know, I talk a lot about tension and I talk a lot about tension in in a, a couple of different forms. So first there's the tension that's happening between you and her as it gradually escalates to the bedroom. And even in the bedroom, there's a lot of tension there before she even has an orgasm. So there's all this tension being built up into the point. Then there's also just tension in general that's happening between you and her on just the basic attraction level. You know, when you're just initially getting her interested. So tension's happening all the time. And one of the issues that a lot of men have that I had for many years as well is not creating that tension. I think that's one of the the key things, the key points that I, I usually try to make in my content here, as well as, you know, in the coaching program and in my courses is that If you're being the guy who is boring, who is not creating any sort of tension, who is being the typical nice guy, well, then what happens? You end up in the friend zone. You end up forgettable. The girl barely even remembers your name. You have to remember that women have at default a lot of options. So if she has a lot of options, why should she be with you? I mean that rhetorical, right? We have to create a reason or reasons for her to want to be with you. We have to build that tension because tension makes you unforgettable. 
And then when we add in the rest of the sequence that I teach in my attraction method, TED, T stands for tension, E, entertainment, and D, dominance. When we throw all those together, when we're creating tension, creating an entertaining interaction, and we're leading the interaction, you are giving yourself the best shot at getting her attracted. That's how the odds work. Of course, there's no guarantees. There's no guarantees that you'll attract every single woman. But you better believe if you're adding in the tension, if you're doing some of these non-sexual moves, and if you're doing the so-called sexual moves when you guys are with her, like all of those things are giving you the best shot. It's giving you more of a leg up in terms of the marketplace. You're getting more options by being able to be your most attractive self and be able to trigger attraction. That's the whole name of the game. So if we add in the concept of volume, meaning you're prospecting and getting lots of leads through online dating, through approaching, through events and social circle, And then we add in this aspect of attraction, and in this specific case for this episode, building tension, then you're going to have, I mean, it's just a numbers game, right? So if you approach five girls in a week and swipe on, I don't know, 20 girls in a week, and you're building attraction, well, that number, the percentage of that number is going to be smaller than if you approached 100 girls in a week and swiped on 200 girls in a week. That's why volume is important. You know, I don't want to hear anyone say, wow, that seems ridiculous. I really have to talk to that many women. I really have to swipe that long. Do I really have to do that? I mean, listen, no, you didn't have to do that maybe 60, 70 years ago. But things are different. Yes. Tough love here, guys. The reality is today you do have to do that. And don't shoot the messenger. This is just the reality because of what online dating has done. Online dating has put us in a position now where women have more options than they ever have. So you need to do the things you need to do to stand out, right? Otherwise, I don't know what else to tell you. You're just going to sit back and hope for things to happen. And the hope game can be very sad. I played the hope game. You know where it got me? absolutely nowhere. So we do need to really be proactive and assertive and do what we got to do. Okay. I think I've made my point there. Let's get into these non-sexual moves. Let's chat about this. And remember that if you need help, you can talk to a coach here at TripAdvice who can implement these things for you. Uh, Not literally for you. You're going to be the one who's going to be doing the moves, but you're going to be taught how to do this whether you do a boot camp in person with one of our coaches or you do the virtual coaching accelerator program. Either way, we have coaches on staff that will help you. If you go to tripadvicecoaching.com and there you pick a time to talk with my team, we will chat with you about how we can help you get to the level where you're always turning women on and you're getting the volume like I was saying before. So you can have a coach walk you through and handhold you through the process to make it faster. Okay, that's at, again, tripadvicecoaching.com. Let's go to the first move. Number one. And number one has to do with D. Remember, in D, in the TED formula, 
the attraction formula that I have. D is dominance, which in some sense is leading. So if you're leading her throughout the date, I know this sounds like hyperbolic, like, uh, so I'm leading her throughout the date and trip this makes a girl horny. Yes, it does. Okay. Again, you got to remember these are non-sexual moves. So it's not something that's going to be like, she's screaming and going crazy. Like, Oh my God. Nah, like, no, this is not a bedroom move. But what I'm saying is it's adding to that level. It's adding to the level of her being slowly and slowly being turned on. Hence tension. That's what tension is. It wouldn't be called tension if it was something that was happening really fast. Tension is something that is stretched out, right? It's like a rubber band. What happens when you have tension on a rubber band? You're stretching it out as far as you can. There's a lot of tension on it, okay? So leading her throughout the date, well, what does that look like? What does that even mean? That means that you're going to set up the date. You're going to ask her out, pick the place, pick the time, be in charge. You can literally lead her by putting your hand on the small of her back, leading her through a door, leading her to the table of where you guys are going. Okay, you are the one who's in charge of the process. You're the one who's grabbing the bill on the first date. You're the one who's offering a suggestion for the next activity Maybe it's back at your place. Maybe it's a second date. If I were you, I would always be planning the date. I don't know if I would always be paying for the date. That's a whole other conversation. I'm not going to get on the tangent with that, but I would always be leading the dates. So on a micro and macro level, micro meaning inside of the date, you're doing the leading macro, meaning you're setting up second date, third date, fourth date. Now, she can also come in and plan a date. That's fine. I wouldn't say no to that because I'm telling you, oh, you have to lead. That's not the point either. If she's like, hey, let's go. I've always wanted to go to this thing. You should come with me. And she mentions that somewhere between date one and I don't know, infinity. Um, Yeah, go with it. That's fine. She'll step in and do that every once in a while, but we're not going to wait for her to do that. One of women's biggest complaints, at least when she initially likes a guy, is when a guy isn't taking charge and leading. Okay. I was, I don't know if I told this story, but I'll I'll tell it again. It It was recently, I was with Megan and I was with her friend. And we were asking her, how's dating going? How's it all going? What's been going on with that? And she says, it's going okay. I'm going on some dates. And, and she started telling us about a guy that she went on a date with who she thought she liked, at least at first. And they were on three dates and he never made a move. And so I interrupted. I asked her, I said, hold on, let's talk about this. You never made, he never made a move. Did this upset you? Did you think this was polite and gentlemanlike? Did it turn you off? Like, what were you thinking when he was not and has not made a move? Like, he did not go for a kiss. And she said she did not like it at all. She did not like it at all. In fact, it was turning her off to the point that it was starting to be almost a friend zone situation. She just stopped being interested. It was killing it all. And she was also confused. Like, why is he not going for a kiss? And by the way, this is not a good example of tension. If you're not kissing a girl by the end of the second date, 
I'll give you to the second day. We want to try to do first dates, but you know, sometimes it just doesn't happen. So if you're not doing it by the end of the second date, something is wrong. Like you should be going for it. It's one thing if she rejects you, that's a whole different conversation, but you should at least be going for it. It sounds like Megan's friend was absolutely ready to be kissed on the first date if he made the move. And that would have actually increased tension because he's now breaking that touch barrier. Okay. So anyway, that's number one, leading her throughout the date. Number two, light physical touch on the, uh, I, I don't have a name for this yet, but uh, for lack of better phrase, inside of specific body parts. Okay. I know that sounds kind of funny, but bear with me. The parts of a person's body, men and women are more sensitive on the flesh side that is not out to the rest of the world. So for example, if you touch your arm, it's not as sensitive on the kind of shoulder outside area, almost tricep, right? But what happens when you start to touch the inside of your bicep? You can tell that skin is a little bit more sensitive. You're probably touching it right now, aren't you? Or your forearm, a little bit more sensitive than the top of your forearm or the inside of your hand, your palm, as opposed to the top of your hand right? These are areas that are just more sensitive. For whatever reason, they are. The back of the leg, the back of the knee, even the sides by our hip and by our ribs, like that part is a little bit more sensitive. So there's these different parts of our body that are more sensitive. We want to initiate light physical touch on the those parts where it makes sense when you're on a date or even when you do a cold approach. We want to make moments and times to be able to do that. So for example, a great move, one that I love, maybe I've said here before is if she's wearing something interesting, a watch or a bracelet, you can comment on it and you can lightly grab her wrist and kind of like you're holding her hand to view the thing on her wrist that you're looking at. And while you're doing that, you're almost kind of lightly touching the inside of her palm and maybe even touching a little bit of her forearm. Obviously, this has to be in context to maybe whatever's going on in the moment, but you can also just kind of throw it out there. Maybe you guys are talking and for a second, someone takes a sip of their drink and you're sitting right next to her because you're sitting at the bar and you say, hey, that's a cool watch. Let me see that. And you kind of lightly grab her hand and you make that moment happen. Or you can do the inside of the arm where it makes sense. You could also do the back of the knee, potentially. This is when you've already built attraction. Maybe you guys have already kissed. Maybe, um, you know, I don't know, she's resting her legs on yours wherever you are and you're kind of tickling or touching the back of her knee, right? Some of these moments that you're doing these things doesn't have to be pre-first kiss. You can also be doing these things after the first kiss. We're talking about, again, some of these more non-sexual moves that's actually gonna turn her on and make her horny. And we do this, again, by building tension and we're just kind of, uh, and no pun intended here, we're, we're, we're touching or touching upon some of these things that we know turn her on before you guys are actually getting intimate. Like number three. Number three, and this is one that I suggest that guys do on a third date. And if it's not going to happen on a third date, make it happen sometime. And that is cooking for her, but also doing it very well. This turns a woman on. Cooking 
doing something well, being efficient, doing some sort of action. And also there's something sensual about the feeding process. The fact that you've made something, you know, almost by hand or by scratch that now she gets to enjoy. So all of this combined, I've never once heard ever a woman who said, oh, this guy can cook really well. What a turnoff. In fact, it's quite the opposite. And guess what? Anyone can take this advice. This is not like, oh, I've never, I'm not a chef trip. I never cooked in my life. Cooking is not hard. It's just a skill like anything else. Everyone is capable of following a recipe. And there's some recipes that are super gourmet and taste amazing that if you do over and over and over again, you'll just get it right. And it doesn't take a lot of technique. And you can practice making something over and over and over again, whether you're just practicing because you're doing it so many for so many third dates or however many dates you're going on, or you're just practicing it alone. So if I were you, my advice is try to find a very flavorful yet light dish. I say light because you don't want some extremely heavy meal that you guys are having on a third date or so on. And then all of a sudden you guys are getting it on and it's just not as comfortable. So a fish dish is good. You could even get away with doing a pasta dish. I know I said stay away from heavy, but there's some pasta dishes that are still kind of light where it's not going to be this, you know, super rich, meaty, heavy, creamy kind of dish that can still be very flavorful. And play around with it. Make it for yourself. See what happens. Use chat GPT. I've done this before. I never went through with it to actually do the meal, but I asked chat GPT once, I said, what's a meal that is in essence, uh, how did I say it? It's like a, like a, what would be a Michelin star type of meal that I could make easily at home? And then it gave me this awesome recipe for like scallops. And I read through it and I go, wow, I'm because like, I'm not, I'm not a big chef at all. I don't really cook often. And I read it and I go, that's super easy. And damn, does that sound delicious. So you could do that or, you know, Google at your fingertips, um, whatever you'd like to do, but make it something that's a little bit more interesting than chicken and vegetables. Okay. Number four, what's going to be a non-sexual move that's going to turn her on? Being hard to get, making very little responses to her. Not when you're in person. This is more in between the dates. This is going to help build that tension. And yes, it is literally going to turn her on because even though you think she might be frustrated, she's becoming increasingly attracted to you all because you're staying busy. You're not super responsive. You're not texting her and getting to know her and doing these long paragraphs over text. I want to speak, I want to talk about this for a second because I know that there's a lot of people under 30, even over under 35, who say to me, you know, Trip, your advice is sounding a little bit old school when you start talking about the texting. Listen, man, everyone's texting. We're all do it. We communicate over social media. It's just what we do. And listen, I get it. I totally get it. Trust me. I'm not out of touch here. I know that we, I, that's what I, I text all the time. 
I'm also DMing with people. I'm all into social media. I understand what's happening. I get it. But it doesn't take away from the fact that all of that attention that you're giving her, liking her posts and responding to her stories and texting her a bunch and all that stuff is still going to kill attraction. You are just scared that if you don't do it enough, you're going to lose her. I have yet to hear any stories. And listen, I'm sure they exist because nothing's 100%, but it's very rare. And I've, I've still never heard someone say, yeah, man, I was like only setting up dates with her and I wasn't texting a lot between the dates and the dates went really well. But because I wasn't texting her or DMing her, she stopped responding and didn't like me anymore. I mean, listen, it's possible that a woman ghosts you because maybe she doesn't like you, but I've also never heard a woman say, yeah, I decided not to be with the guy because even though we had amazing dates and he was leading the process and even even though he was uh, you know, an amazing guy to talk to and, and spend time with. And even though he was setting up consistent dates and we were seeing each other on a consistent basis, he just was a bad texter. I've never heard that before. And I don't think it's going to start now. So when you are not being so reactive to her on social media and over text, that is when you really build that tension up And then you turn her on to make her want you more because guess what? Every other guy is doing what? The exact opposite, which is what? Lots of texting, lots of communication, lots of uh, trying to see her all the time, multiple times per week. That kills it. And if that is too hard for you, date more women. That's my response. Date more women so it doesn't become as challenging for you because maybe you're like wanting to go on more dates and meet more people. Great. Do that. Do that. In fact, I encourage you to do that because that's going to help you with not having to respond to them so much. And if you want to make this inevitable, you can go on Amazon. You could buy something called the kitchen safe. It's like 60 or $70. I'm going to buy one actually very soon here because I've started to notice myself getting too distracted by my phone. And the kitchen safe is a lockbox with a timer. So you can put your phone in there and then you can put a timer on the top of the safe for it to unlock. So for example, I can put it in there for an hour, three hours, four hours, whatever. And the only way for me to get my phone at that point would be to smash it and break it open. I'm sure someone at some point has done that, but you probably won't. So don't leave it to willpower. Instead, make this easy on yourself. Get something like the kitchen safe, put your phone away, and then in three, four hours, come back to it. I've noticed that I have not been as conscious or aware or present. That's that's a better word. I haven't been as present you know, after dinner, once dinner kind of hits, you know, you look at your phone, I'm checking a lot of stuff on social media for trip advice and checking emails still and talking to my team and I'm not really proactive relaxing. So I'm going to buy a kitchen safe. By the way, this is not a, um, this is not a sponsorship at all. Uh, I've talked about this before, but no, not a sponsorship. Anyway, I'm going to buy it and I'm going to start putting my phone in there at night. So I'm not so responsive. And so I know that I'm not currently dating right now, but I still don't want to be distracted and I want to be focused and present with Megan 
or on something that I might be watching or if I'm reading. We tend to have that thing that we do where we just grab our phone and see the notifications or we hear the buzzing or the beeping or whatever it is. So anyway, that's a little tip for you to help you with making sure you're being a little bit more hard to get. Don't rely on willpower. All right, number five is deep eye contact. I talk about this a lot, especially in the realm of building tension with a woman. If you want to build insane, non-sexual, yet sort of at the same time sexual tension, eye contact when you're talking. On a date, on an approach, when you're hanging out, whatever it may be, deep eye contact. We all know that we connect more with a person when we can see their eyes, when they're looking at us. We will get an actual feeling when we're talking to someone and they're either looking at us or not looking at us. We feel kind of awkward if they're not looking at us. Imagine someone coming up to you and talking to you and they're looking down the whole time or looking away. You're going to feel very strange. Just goes to show that eye contact can be very powerful. So what's the exact opposite? Well, giving really good eye contact and building that tension between her when you guys are talking. I'll even throw in a a bonus one here. I know that we said there's going to be five, but uh, a sixth one, if you want to build some of that, that tension, is your vocal tonality. Doing the breaking rapport tonality, which I'm doing right now, where everything I'm saying goes down in inflection at the end of my sentence. Because that is going to be a more commanding tone. If you take that, plus eye contact, plus leading, and doing some light physical touch, all of that, I know that's not all the tips I said, but that handful on the date, that will bring you to a whole different level than what most guys are doing. And of course, combine the other tips that I said, and you're off to a really, really great start. I dive way more into this concept of tension in my Hooked course. It's an eight to 10 hour course at getherhooked.com. If you go there, then you'll learn a little bit about how this course works. It is not a heavy investment, and then you'll be able to learn about the practical tips and a whole very specific structure so you can actually get results. Other than I know, you know, listening to podcasts, which can be kind of tough to piece it all together. That's why I have a course that organizes it all and it makes it a lot easier for you to go through the whole process of learning attraction and literally learning how to get a woman hooked on you. So check that out, getherhook.com. And uh, then of course, you know, you can always get more help at tripadvicecoaching.com where we do have a coach who will guide you. And like I said earlier on this episode, Hold your hand through the process so it's not so difficult to learn and you just want to get results faster. I actually, I I said in an Instagram post recently, I thought it was interesting. Someone said, you know, what should I do? Should I get your course or should I get coaching? Like, what's the difference? And I said, the difference is, is time is how much faster do you want to get results? Okay. Because usually, generally speaking, you're going to get faster results when you do something like a coaching program. So then I, dec- you know, I decided I'm going to actually 
respond to this and tell you, and I'll tell you this right now, what's the order of how someone could get the fastest results? So I'm going to go from least, or we'll go from, I was going to say least fastest. Let's go from slowest to fastest. So the slowest would be, well, I guess we can go to the extreme, would be just trying things on your own and not learning from anyone. Obviously, that might take a long time because you don't know what you're doing wrong. The next step up is, well, going on social media, listening to podcasts, going to YouTube channels, and figuring some stuff out for free. The next step above that would be probably a book, which is a little bit faster, but not the fastest because you still have to read and you still have to kind of piece things together a little bit more. But a book would be the next step up. You can always get my book called Magnetic, where I do teach you also my method of attraction, how to meet women in person as well as online, and also get a girlfriend. So, okay, that's a book. What's the fastest after a book? The next fastest would be a digital course, an online course. Okay, so that's something that that you would be doing on your own. It's not a class, it's a course. So you watch videos and that would be the next level fastest. Then after that, I would say it's going to be like a group coaching program or some sort of classroom setting where you're with people learning in in the group, right? And then the next step above that is a one-on-one coach helping you. And this, by the way, this goes for anything. So whether you're trying to get fit and you want a personal trainer, whether you're, you know, learning business, uh, whatever it might be. I mean, think about why do people get tutors, right? In school, like why does someone get a tutor? Well, they get that one-on-one attention. So a kid might go through school and he'll be in a bunch of classes, but then you pay more money and you get someone to if you want someone, if you need the help to get a tutor, someone comes to your house and you get that one-on-one attention, right? So everything kind of leads up to how fast do you want to get this handled? And that's up to you. Obviously, if I were you, I would do the fastest possible. And what's cool is if you do the coaching program with us, we give you access to all of our courses that I have. I have 90 hours of video content all behind a membership that you get access to. You just log in and you get a copy of my book and you get everything to just give you the most help possible. I want to answer a few questions that have come in. If you have a question, you can email me trip at tripadvice.com, put in the subject line podcast question. Uh, A lot of guys have been DMing me, asking me questions. I do see those. I apologize. I just don't have enough time in the day to answer those questions. I'm just very busy, you know, working on content like this. If you want a personal question answered, the best thing you could do is ask it here, emailing me, and I'll answer it here on the podcast. And if you DM me, that's totally cool. Just, you know, say hi, say what's up. I just won't be able to give you detailed answers on your issue. Uh, Just FYI. But yes, DMs are open. Say hello. Say what's up. I love feedback. Tell me what you liked. Tell me what you didn't like, whatever it is. Tell me what you want to hear more about. I'm always open to that. That's at TripAdvice on Instagram. You can pop on over, follow, and, and say hello. But for now, let's answer some questions that have come in from people who have emailed this one is from T. Short question. Hey, Trip. for the past four months, I've started dating a woman and I'm not sure if I should stay with her. 
I know that this question has a lot of factors, but how do I know if a specific woman is, and he puts in quotes, is right for me? Regardless of my thoughts about this relationship, last year I barely interacted with women, and now thanks to your podcast, and also for listening to your advice, I had a lot of experiences with girls and now got into a relationship by approaching this woman and getting her phone number. Best regards, T. First of all, that's awesome, man. I'm really glad that the podcast has helped you. Yeah, I think it's it's really a matter of a few things. One, you got to know your your non-negotiables because this is the next step of the game, right? The first step is volume. The second step is filtering, right? So I talked about volume earlier on this episode, and now we do a filtration process. Well, how do we filter? How do we know, like you're asking, what's the who's the right woman for me? It's going to be a woman who's going to pass your three non-negotiables. What are the three things that you're looking for in a relationship, what kind of woman are you looking for? You should know that eventually. I mean, you should start knowing that at least now, figuring out what it is and what are the things that qualify a woman to be with you. I talk a lot about this in my hooked course, as well as my magnetic book. I'll go over a little bit of it now, thinking about what kind of woman you want. Is it something political-based? Is it a woman who is has a specific religion? I always offer the idea of doing fit, feminine, and friendly. The three Fs, you could look for a woman who's got the three Fs. Whatever it is, think about what it is that you want. I remember my three when I was dating to get into the relationship I'm in now was your fit, your wanting to have kids one day, and you are financially responsible. I don't know if those would be mine moving forward, but that's what it was at the time. That was how I knew a woman was right for me. But it's not just the three non-negotiables. I was also say that it has to do with the chemistry. That's the X factor, the not as tangible thing to explain because it's a feeling. You just feel it. Right? Obviously, you're, you're probably attracted to her, but you have this banter. You feel this connection with her. You feel like you two get each other. And that chemistry, you could see that within the first couple of dates. That is usually there by date three or four. It's, uh, the best way to describe it is it feels easy to be with her. Like It feels easy. Things are just smooth. Conversation is smooth. And you can tell that there's this unspoken connection between you and her when you guys are spending time together. So if we have the three non-negotiables plus that chemistry, T, I think you're off to a pretty darn good start. All right, we got another question here. Hi, Trip. I am traveling by myself to Europe for about a month this summer. One of my goals with this experience is to improve my social skills and get rid of approach anxiety. I will primarily be staying in hostels geared towards people my age, early to mid-20s. I'm wondering what experiences you've had meeting women abroad, particularly where there is a language difference and if you have any advice on how I can make that I can make the most of this trip. Your podcast has been very helpful and I look forward to hearing your thoughts. Thank you, Andrew. I'm glad you asked. I do have a lot of experience with going abroad 
and I'm meeting women. So it's happened quite a bit. I even in 2018 had a six week stint where I solo traveled across Europe as well. I was in the um, more central and Eastern parts of Europe and it was great. Yeah, it was six weeks long. And the whole time I was approaching and talking to women and you know, I just got out of a relationship several months before I went on that trip. So I was getting myself back into the game and remembering what it was like to do approaches and all that good stuff. So here's some advice for you. First of all, you need to get into social mode immediately. Everything needs to be social. And by the way, it's funny because I'm giving you this advice, but this is almost advice for anyone who's, you know, even not abroad in Europe. You could be wherever you live and this is going to help you. But especially if you're going across and and going across the seas is the second your trip starts, I want you to be making conversation, make conversation with the people next to you on the plane, guy or girl, whoever it is, make conversation with the stewardess or steward, make conversation with your taxi driver, make conversation with the hostel manager, receptionist, talk to the people who are in the area. If you don't know what to say, just rely on asking them what are some fun things to do around the city. Even if you have that answer and you have approach anxiety, just start with that. And what's cool is you start to build all this information. So what happens, I remember when I was in Sweden for part of my trip, I was learning more about the culture. I was learning about the places to go. And then I'd be able to bring those things up in conversation with other people I was talking to. So then I had more material. So it starts off with little material and then it ends up with more material as you have more conversations with more people. And then once you get into this habit where, okay, wow, I'm just being social from the get-go, it's not going to be as tough of a jump or a leap, I should say, into talking to a woman that you find attractive. So the, the name of the game is like, this is your social month. Okay. More tips. So for a hostel, hostels are, are great too. I don't think I did hostels when I did the six week Europe trip. No, I didn't. I did all Airbnbs, but for hostels, I have stayed in hostels. I did hostels in uh, Southeast Asia. And at that time though, I was in a, I was in a relationship, but either way, I, uh, the experience of the hostel is very, also very super social. So it's going to be very open for you to talk to people and start conversation and what you can do is once you start making friends, if you're staying in a hostel for like, let's say over a week, you start meeting people, you should be the one to start creating events. People are looking to have something to do. Can you imagine if, uh, Andrew, you walked into a hostel, some guy comes up to you or a girl, whoever, and starts chatting with you and says, hey, man, where are you from? Blah, 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 blah. And then goes, dude, we're all going to this bar tonight. You should totally come. You'd be like, wow, this is great. I just got here or whatever. This is, and then it's now easy. This is so nice. So people like that. So do that, do that with the guys, do that with the girls, start to create uh, as if you are, you know, people are going to think that you've been there forever or that you're, I don't know, that you work at the hostel or something. And, and no, you're just a super social guy getting everyone together, grabbing people. So then what happens? You become the leader. The women around you start to see you as a super cool, charismatic guy. The guys start to like you. And now you built up this like mini social circle at the hostel, wherever you're at. And now you have friends and you're almost like popular. 
Why? All because you just talked to people and created some sort of plan, you know, somewhere to go, somewhere to do, or maybe you don't even know where to go. Talk to some of the people and ask them where's cool. And they say, oh, I've heard of this place. It's called whatever, da, da, da. And and be like, cool, that sounds great. Why don't we grab a bunch of people and we'll make it happen? And then you kind of made the plan with a couple people. You grab a bunch of other people and you make it happen. You collect a bunch of numbers. And then the next day when you're seeing people at the hostel, hey, man, what's up? How was your night? Oh, it's cool. Oh, wow, you're new here. Dude, we went out last night. It was so fun. How long are you here in the hostel for? A couple of days, you should come out with us tonight. You're the leader. Women love you. Now you're traveling with a pack of people who like you and respect you. You're going out to bars. You can meet women at that. Uh, in those areas, now you're going out with people. And then the women who are um, with you are seeing you socialize with other women, the women that you just meet at the bar, seeing you socialize, like it's just incredible. All because what? You were just proactive. That's it. And the cool part about it is everyone's a traveler. Everyone's looking to have fun. Everyone's looking to party. So they're not going to mind a cool guy coming in and just having a having a good time. So there you go. That's going to be my advice for you to really crush it abroad and then take that with you and see what happens. Great questions here. I hope that this was helpful. You can always email me trip at tripadvice.com. Put in the subject line podcast question. I'll answer it right here on the podcast. And I can't wait to hear from you. Again, these questions are always awesome. And it's cool. It's I, I've said this before. I, it's it's um it's fun for me because I don't read these questions ahead of time. My amazing assistant Joe, he gathers all the questions, he puts them in a document for me, and I sit here and answer them. And and it's fun because it challenges me in a way. I don't prepare for these questions when I'm reading them out loud to you. It is the very first time I'm reading them, and uh, and I like it and I enjoy it, and uh, it gets me better at teaching and at coaching. So appreciate you guys always coming in with with great questions for me to answer. If you need more help, you know where to go. Get the course hooked, getherhooked.com. Get a phone call from us for free with one of my team members to talk about coaching, tripadvicecoaching.com. Go there, watch a short video, learn more a little bit about how it works and see all the freaking insane results we've been getting guys over the years i'll talk to you in the next episode have a great week